Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. and welcome to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Stancato, typically joined by my brother-in-arms, Sky Guasco. Today, though, I'm going to be flying solo as I go over fantasy news and notes from the previous week of NFL football. If you have a fantasy football question or comment for our listener mailbag, please reach out to us via email at thecandlestickkidsfantasypod at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on Instagram at thecandlestickkids, hashtag TCKpod. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, as I said in the intro, this is Daniel Stancato. I'm going to be flying solo today as I review uh, news and notes from the last several days of NFL football. Uh, this is going to be a weekly thing that we're going to be dropping every Wednesday. And as compared with Sky's more detailed analysis of performances uh, from the previous week of NFL games, this is going to be more of a rapid fire uh, kind of cliff notes version, if you will, uh, of all things fantasy relevant. So hopefully between these two segments, as well as a third that we're going to be dropping on Thursday, uh, which we'll tell you more about later, you'll get everything you need uh, to dominate your league in the week ahead. In this segment, I'm going to be covering something fantasy relevant from all 32 NFL teams. So a lot to cover. Uh, so let's go ahead and get rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Uh, well, what we have here, Doctor, is, um, is an extraordinary situation. Is it? Oh, you better believe it. Now, you listen to me. I want details, and I want them right now. I don't have a job. I have no place to go. You're not in the mood. Well, you get in the mood. You stay classy, San Diego. And thanks for stopping by. But 
Mainly, stay classy. Thanks for stopping by. Stay classy. I'm Ron Burgundy. Okay, so we're going to start with the AFC East uh, for some reason, uh, and specifically with the Miami Dolphins. So uh, maybe of, of uh, key, uh, primary importance to a lot of uh, fantasy football players out there is an update on uh, Devontae Parker, which is to say there really isn't much of an update. He remains week to week with a broken finger. Um, it's unknown if he's even been cleared to resume catching football. So hopefully we'll get some more info soon. But for now, that's pretty much all I have on that situation. Uh, but certainly Kenny Stills has taken advantage of Parker's absence. Uh, he had a pretty monstrous game uh, on Sunday, logging four catches for 106 yards and two touchdowns um, on only five targets. But uh, Seems like long blocked from being Miami's top receiver by Jarvis Landry. Uh, with him gone, Stills has kind of been freed uh, to sort of exercise some of that monstrous talent that he's already uh, or that he's always um, he's always flashed. Um, and he should be loaded into fantasy lineups this upcoming week uh, as a, I would say a wide receiver three with upsides with upside against the Jets. Um, in terms of their running back situation, looks uh, quite muddy. However, so. Uh, uh, Kenyon Drake in Sunday's game rushed 14 times for 48 yards, caught three or four targets for 18 yards. Uh, the good news for any owners of Kenyon Drake uh, is that he handled 17 touches compared to Frank Gore's nine. But the bad news is that Gore showed a ton of burst and was highly effective in his role. He averaged 6.8 yards per carry compared to Drake's uh, 3.4. Uh, I would still say Drake is clearly the more talented back, but Gore is... Uh, one of those guys has been around, you know, been around forever. He's a veteran. He's a coach's pet. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make sort of stupid rookie mistakes that you might see um, from a younger running back. So I would expect uh, that this is going to be something of a split uh, going forward, at least in the immediate future. Um, Gore doesn't have a lot of standalone value, but he's going to be kind of a thorn on Kenyon Drake's side for uh, the foreseeable future. So this might be a situation that could be shaping up to be a headache for Kenyon Drake uh, owners. Moving on to the New England Patriots, uh, kind of uh, starting with something of an unfamiliar character uh, compared to the stars, you know, with all the star power on that team with Brady and uh, uh, Gronkowski. Um, I'm going to talk about Philip Dorsett, who caught seven of his seven targets for 66 yards and a touchdown in the Patriots' week one win over the Texans. Um, he's needed for a big role uh, with Ju Julian Edelman's sideline, and he's responded uh, by catching more than five passes for somehow the first time in his NFL career. Um, he played, according to Pro Football Focus, he played in 57 of 75 snaps. And this is exactly what the Patriots wanted to see after his strong summer. Um, he's deservedly going to be a hot waiver ad this week, um, although uh, he's got uh, Jalen Ramsey and the Jaguars on deck for week two. So that limits his appeal for this upcoming week. Definitely a name to watch, though. Uh, on the horizon. Um, on less positive news for the Patriots, uh, they placed Jeremy Hill, running back Jeremy Hill, on injured reserve with a torn right ACL. He is done for the season. Um, he wasn't going to be incredibly fantasy relevant uh, by himself, but this is something that uh, is good news, I would say, for owners of Rex Burkhead. Um, he is most certainly going to be the lead dog, uh, at least until Sony Michelle returns, which could potentially muddy things up a bit. But I think, in at least in the immediate uh, since uh, this this really strengthens Rex Burkhead's value uh, quite a bit. Uh, unfortunate, of course, for Jeremy Hill. I uh, wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, moving on to the Buffalo Bills, uh, the sort of the laughing stock of the league right now, I think more than maybe any other team, with the exception of possibly the Detroit Lions. 
Um, start with LaShawn McCoy. So first of all, this is not necessarily new news at this point, but just make sure that that you all are aware. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is not expected to be charged in connection with a home invasion uh, in, his, uh, in Milford, Georgia. He's being sued by his ex-girlfriend for allegedly orchestrating an armed robbery and assault. Um, but it turns out it looks like that investigators will not pursue criminal uh, charges, uh, citing a lack of evidence. Uh, the case is still under review by the league, so it's possible um, that something could still happen. But it's looking like that uh, it's looking like a suspension is appearing unlikely. Um, he's still a fantasy bet, a risky fantasy bet, uh, pretty much throughout the entirety of this year. He has uh, playing behind one of the league's worst offensive lines, um, but at least you know that he's most likely going to be on the for- field for the foresee- for the foreseeable future, um, and uh, and he will likely get his share of of carries given their uh, murky uh, Buffalo's murky quarterback situation. Speaking of which, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Nathan Peterson and uh, how much of a disaster he was in his second career start. Uh, no scoring drive zero first downs in the first half he threw for just 24 yards before getting pulled uh he's benched in the third quarter um and uh so this quarterback situation is is murky to say the least um uh, the co- Bills coach Sean McDermott has not named a start starting quarterback for week two. Um, I think, as I understand it, they're uh, expected to move forward probably with Josh Allen uh, against uh, a somewhat weakened Chargers defense. So uh, for a two quarterback league, maybe a streaming option. But for the most part, again, this is a this is a, a, a situation to avoid an offense to avoid generally. Um, moving on to the New York Jets. Uh Making his NFL debut, quarterback Sam Darnold uh, completed 16 of 21 passes for 198 yards, two touchdowns and an interception uh, in the Jets' blowout win, 48-17 win over the Lions uh, on Monday night. Uh, The youngest starting quarterback, Sam Darnold, in the Super Bowl era, uh, started off about as miserably as one could. Uh, His first pass of the game was was a pick six. and he uh, obviously, I guess, had nowhere to go from, uh, but up from that point. And indeed, that's exactly what he did. Um, he looked at quite, quite honestly, brilliant the rest of the game through a uh, 21-yard touchdown to Quincy Inunua um, and another really, really beautiful deep ball to Robbie Anderson. Um, in particular, he and Inunua seemed to have a real connection. He saw a team high. 10 targets the next closest jet had three so this is also potentially a relationship to keep an eye on uh for those of you who uh own anunwa or if he's uh sitting on your waiver wire somebody to potentially look into um in terms of the running back situation uh both running backs played brilliantly uh in monday night's game isaiah crowell in particular rushed for 10 uh, rushed 10 times for 102 yards and two touchdowns uh Bilal powell got the start and played uh, the first six snaps uh, before bowing out, uh, I guess he had something in his eye. And Crowell took advantage and really started uh, making some moves. Uh, he uh, kind of uh, pouring salt, uh, finishing off a first quarter drive with a six-yard touchdown and then uh, really sticking it to the Lions late in the fourth quarter with a 62-yard score uh, to, to put the game well out of reach. Uh, not that it wasn't out of reach before, to be honest. Um, uh there is still probably going to be uh, some murkiness in that situation. You get the sense that both uh, Isaiah Crowell and Bilal Power, Bilal Powell are going to get their share of rush, uh, rushes. Powell himself uh, had a pretty nice game. So um, I would say Crowell, despite this performance, is probably something of more of a back-end uh, RB2 at this point, uh, given given that he's going to cede touches to, to Powell quite a bit over the course of the season. 
moving on to the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Joe Flacco, uh, sort of seeming, seemingly reborn, continued his strong preseason into week one. He completed 20, uh, 25 of 34 passes for 236 yards and three touchdowns. Um, he threw all of his touchdowns in the first three quarters b- before getting rested in uh, an overwhelming blowout. Um, uh, I think uh, it seems that uh, he's going to be holding off Lamar Jackson for the foreseeable future, at least. Um, we'll see what happens on Thursday night. He gets the Bengals in week two. Um, Kenneth Dixon uh, uh, is has a knee injury and is expected to miss, quote unquote, sometime. Um, mostly it was uh, he got injured late in the game uh, in in uh, uh, the game against Buffalo. Um, he actually had a surprisingly big role, though I, I think a lot of it was probably garbage time uh ca- caused by by gar- garbage time car- carries um but also it's possible that part of it was punishment for Alex Collins uh fumbling the ball um but unfortunately Dixon is again once again hurt and once again hurt uh his knee is hurt which has been an issue for him his entire career um so this uh lends some more value to Javorius Allen as Alex Collins Collins clear cut back up and change of pace back um and as uh for Dixon himself uh this kind of muddies his role and I would say his future at this point given how much how, how much he struggled with injury and ineffectiveness uh, moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Joe Mixon was largely the star of the show in their game on Sunday. He rushed 17 times for 95 yards, caught uh, and a touchdown, caught five of seven targets for 54 yards. And he was really the engine of their offense uh, and uh, really benefited as well from the Bengals revamped offensive line, uh, capitalized on a lot of holes. Uh, and uh, really shredded the Colts defense on a lot of, a lot of screen passes. Um, he, uh, Absolutely destroyed Giovanni Bernard in terms of touch, touches. Bernard touched the ball only twice in the entire game for nine yards. So it seems like Mixon is really locked in as their every down back. Um, and I would say, given how good he looked and how good their entire offense looked this past week, uh, he's probably earned our running back one treatment uh, going into week two against the Bengals. Um uh, Andy Dalton uh, also had a nice game, completed 21 of 28 passes for 243 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, he was mostly sharp, I would say, generally uh, throwing downfield quite a bit when pressured, uh, hitting A.J. Green and John Ross for touchdowns. Um, I think it's worth noting just because this is probably the best supporting cast Dalton has had uh, since the 2015 season when he finished as a top seven quarterback in fantasy points per game. Uh, he's got a tough match at week two matchup with Baltimore, but uh, he's somebody to keep an eye on this year as, as a potential kind of sleeper bounce back candidate um, after a couple of years of relative ineffectiveness. Uh, moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, pretty much I think most of most anybody who's even minorly plugged into fantasy football is has some uh, semblance of knowledge of the Le'Veon Bell situation obviously he did not play this past week he has still yet to sign his franchise tender he's given no indication of when he might return um despite this this whole debacle and the distraction that it's created um the Steelers apparently are not considering a trade and they're going to wait as long as it takes for Bell to show up uh apparently there's uh some according to ESPN's Adam Schefter there's some optimism that he'll report by the end of September uh but quite frankly based on what happened this past week I'm not sure they care very much because uh James Conner is kind of the man of the hour I would say in, in fantasy and real football conversations at the moment uh he rushed 31 times for 135 yards and two touchdowns 
caught five of six targets for 57 yards. Uh, he really only had one blip in the entire game. He had a fumble in the fourth quarter that kind of actually was, was significant, let the Browns back in the game. But other than that, he had an unbelievably dominant game uh, as a, as a dual purpose back in Le'Veon Bell's traditional role. Um, so he's definitely somebody to keep as keep an eye on as long as Bell his, uh, continues his holdout. Connor is, I would say, a locked and loaded uh, running back one, or at the very least, uh, top uh, quality uh, running back two for fantasy purposes. Uh, anybody who got him late in drafts is probably uh, pretty pleased with themselves right about now. Um, in more minor news, uh, Steelers coach Mike Tomlin said that uh, quarterback Ben Roethlisberger has a minor elbow injury, which, could, which might limit him early this week. Um, doesn't seem serious at all. Uh, uh, Roto World, for example, is not even marking him on their injury report. Uh, but it's at least worth noting anytime a, a, a frontline quarterback is, is, uh, has any injury connected to them whatsoever. Um, he's going to be li- limited. He might miss a practice, but in, as, uh, as everything that I'm uh, reading suggests that he should be good to go on Sunday. Kind of a tough opening game. Weather conditions were hardly ideal, but he's uh, got a good matchup against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in their weak secondary this week. Um, so he's definitely somebody to look for in fantasy leagues. Uh, moving on to the Cleveland Browns, uh, and this is going to be the Josh Gordon show because uh, he's pretty much the the really only truly newsworthy character on the Browns right now. I would say, although Jarvis Landry had a nice game, um, he played seventy eight. Josh Gordon, uh, I'm talking about, played seventy eight percent of snaps against uh, Week One against the Steelers, um, which was uh, needless to say quite a bit different than what they were rep- reportedly planning to do before the game. They had a, they had said that they were going to play him roughly twenty snaps, but that obviously changed. And now the Browns are officially listing Josh Gordon as a starter for Week Two. Um, so it seems like he's going to be a near every down player uh, against a Saints defense that just got absolutely throttled by Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Bucks. So uh, for those of you who took a gamble on Josh Gordon, though he didn't uh, necessarily uh, achieve get have much, show much in the way of targets in Game One, uh, Josh Gordon is going to be somebody that I think could end up turning out real value as the season goes forward. Uh, moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the big news here is Leonard Fournette's injury. Uh, he hurt his hamstring in Sunday's game. Uh, co- uh, Jaguars coach Doug Maroney considers this to be a minor injury, but I think this has to be taken with a grain of salt. Uh, he's uh, kind of uh, fooled everybody, I would say, last year into thinking that his ankle woes uh, were not a big deal, and it turns out, turned out that, in fact, they were a big deal. Um, so we're going to kind of keep an eye on Leonard Fournette. Um, we'll hopefully give you some updates dates as they come but he's definitely somebody that that I think uh we, we should be a little bit concerned about um but for now I guess all we can do is take coach Maroney at his word that it's nothing hugely major um and he's going to be okay in the meantime TJ Yeldon is very clearly the, the person to own over there he operated as the lead back after Fournette exited with his injury he rushed 14 times for 51 yards hauled in three of seven targets for 18 yards and got a touchdown um as long as Fournette is dealing with uh, dealing with this injury, uh, Yeldon needs to be added in all formats because he is going to be the lead dog over there without a doubt. Um, moving on to the Houston Texans, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, maybe the story of the day, and this kind of unfortunate story of the day, uh, in that he was pretty doggone terrible uh, in 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 their game and. Uh, 
Texans game this week against the Patriots. Uh, he completed 17 of 34 passes for 176 yards, one touchdown and one interception. Uh, he also added eight carries for 40 yards. Uh, and he was basically running for his life. Uh, not entirely his fault. Uh, he had it was dealing with an undermanned receiving core, uh, but he struggled mightily. He lost a fumble on a botched read option on the first play of the game. Uh his uh, his interception was on kind of a really reckless, ugly-looking throw lofted to Vincent Smith, who apparently is a player uh, in the end zone. Um, although it looks uh, looks like uh, though everything went wrong in this game, he did look relatively healthy. Uh, he was moving around maybe too much. Like I said, he was kind of running for his life. So um, I think you know a lot of room for improvement, uh, but but definitely a rough. Uh, a rough reintroduction to the league for Deshaun Watson. Uh, moving on to Will Fuller, uh, who missed week one with a hamstring injury. Uh, Texans coach Bill O'Brien is apparently hopeful that he will be ready to play in week two. He was able to be uh, to practice on a limited basis last week and ended up being a game-time decision. So that suggested that he was close to being ready. Uh, it seems like he has a pretty good shot to suit up in week two. Uh, although hamstring injuries can be difficult to shake. Phil Fuller obviously has a history of injuries. Um, but he will be kind of an upside, uh, maybe wide receiver four, if he manages to suit up against Tennessee. Moving on to the Indianapolis Colts, uh, Andrew Luck, uh, largely the kind of the story of the day over here, uh, completed 39 of 53 passes for 319 yards, two touchdowns and interceptions, and an, excuse me, and one interception uh, in their loss to Cincinnati this week. Um, all in all, he looked good. I will say he did not stretch the field very much. Just one of his 39 completions was for more than 20 yards, but he looked mostly comfortable uh, against a, a pretty a solid Bengals pass rush. Uh, in many ways, kind of picked apart the defense at time in there uh, in the Colts' up-tempo, no-huddle attack. Um, he only got hit nine times, sacked twice. Um, so he looked good. Uh, I think this is he showed enough, though. though again, he wasn't – really airing it out like we're used to seeing from him. He showed enough in this game, I think, to be a locked-in quarterback one going forward until further notice. Uh, he also gets an easier matchup week two against uh, the Washington Redskins. Uh, Jordan Wilkins was uh, the lead dog over uh, lead dog over there in terms of their running back with Marlon Mack uh, injured. He rushed 14 times for 40 yards, caught three of three targets for 21 yards. Um, so the good news for anybody owning Jordan Wilkins uh, is that he led their backfield with 17 touches compared to Naheem Hines' 12 and Christine Michaels' 2. Um, the bad news, of course, is that the Colts' uh, run blocking is absolutely atrocious, um, and he was Wilkins was was very inefficient on his opportunity opportunities um it's also marlon mack maybe close to returning could return as soon as week two which is going to muddy up the running back distribution over there um honestly i think that's just an overall situation to avoid i think wilkins at best will be kind of a low-end flex option uh next week moving on to the tennessee titans uh big news from their camp of course sadly is delaney walker um, who is dealing with uh ligament damage in addition to a dislocated ankle uh from his really really uh, quite frankly, hor horrific injury uh, in Sunday's game. Uh, and he will indeed uh, miss the remainder of the season, which all indications were pointing that direction. Now it's official. Uh, he's going to undergo surgery. A um, lot of bad stuff going on, a brutal blow for them in general, uh, who uh, have now have to adapt to the loss of maybe their number one passing game weapon. Um, the good news is they do have promising second-year pro Jonu Smith, who's going to step into uh, the starting tight end position, and he could uh, potentially offer immediate uh, streamer appeal uh, in, in good matchups. 
but we'll see. We'll we'll have to see kind of how it goes. Um, Walker, for his part, will be 35 when he's next on the field. So it's possible that we've seen uh, the last of him as a, as a top tier tight end, which is too bad. Um, and then lastly, Marcus Mariota, who apparently uh, is having a bit of an elbow issue. Um, the uh, Titans coach Mike Rabel said that things were looking okay, but they were still being evaluated. It uh, doesn't sound incredibly serious, but I would say it's a little concerning that he wasn't outright given the green light for week two. Um, he's rarely been 100% throughout his four-year career. It very clearly affected his play last year. Um, and unfortunately for for anybody who's thinking of deploying Mariota, the Titans have a really nasty gauntlet of, of difficult defenses coming up. They play uh, the Texans, the Jaguars, and the Eagles. Um, so it's, uh, in general, I think uh, the Titans offense is, is looking like a situation to avoid and, and Mariota in particular too much going up in the, uh, too much up in the air at this point uh, to really be, uh, to really rely upon him. Uh, Denver Broncos up next. Uh, the star of the day over there was Emmanuel Sanders uh, who hauled in 10 of 11 targets for 135 yards and a touchdown in their week one win over the Seattle, he- Seattle Seahawks. Um, based on the preseason, you would have, you would have thought uh, or it looked like that Sanders would be Case Keenum's favorite target, uh, but you never know how these things are going to translate into the regular season. But it turns out that's exactly what happened in week one. He was involved uh, early in the game, he uh, really made his presence felt on a 43-yard catch-and-run touchdown in the second quarter. Uh, he finished the first half with 115 yards and a touchdown on seven catches. Uh, he was quieter after the break, but was consistently getting open. Um, and all of a sudden, Emmanuel Sanders is looking like a top-tier receiver again in Week 2, uh, especially going up against the Raiders uh, in their next matchup. Uh, the other, uh, I think, big news coming out of Denver is is their – uh, seeming running back by committee that they that they're uh, that they have going on uh, Royce Freeman who I think was the favorite to uh, play the majority of snaps going into week one only played 29 of 74 uh, which is 39 percent of snaps um, Philip Lindsay played 26 snaps uh, while matching Freeman's carry total, uh, Devontae Booker played 19 snaps. Uh, Lindsey in this game had something of a hot hand um, so uh, it's possible that Royce Freeman, might end up still being kind of the main guy in a more normal week. Uh, but regardless, this is shaping up to be a, a kind of a headache of a situation as they plan to use a committee approach going forward, limiting pretty much everybody's uh, fantasy appeal, though Philip Lindsay will most certainly be a hot waiver wire pickup this week. Uh, moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, and this is uh, obviously going to be the story of Pat Mahomes, who I think really uh, – kind of lived up to the relentless hype that he ha- that he was kind of dealing with all offseason. He completed uh, 15 of 27 passes for 256 yards, four touchdowns in their week one win over the sh- uh, Chargers, uh, adding in five rushes for 21 yards. Uh, he, uh, quite frankly, made quite a statement, I think, against the Chargers' uh, admittedly depleted defense with Joey Bosa in particular uh, not playing. Um he found Tyreek Hill for a ridiculous seven uh, seven times for a ridiculous 169 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Um, his other uh, his other uh, two of his four t- uh, Mahomes four touchdowns were goal line shovel passes, admittedly. Um, but he was also used frequently as a runner uh, on both on traditional and read options. Uh, he just looked, quite frankly, like a like a flat out playmaker. Um, there's probably going to be growing pains going forward. There's you know undoubtedly going to be interceptions to contend with. But I, it seems like he could wrap rapidly become an every week quarterback one. Uh, He gets the Steelers in Pittsburgh for week two. Uh, 
Uh, moving on to the Oakland Raiders. Uh, so starting with Amari Cooper, who uh, I should say his non-performance is going to be the news of the day. He caught one of three targets for a mere nine yards, added only one, uh, added one carry for nine yards as well. Uh, he was involved a bit early, but ultimately amounted to nothing. Um, Needless to say, it's an incredibly uh, discouraging outing, especially since uh, Oakland was actually in catch-up mode for nearly the entire fourth quarter, so you would have thought that he would have uh, gotten some more production. Um, everyone was saying uh, up into uh, leading up into the season that Cooper's production was supposed to come in the form of volume, but a, uh, he got a 7.5% target share, and that's certainly not helping anybody. Uh, needless to say, he's going to be a dicey option, I think, until further notice. Uh, Coach John Gruden even uh, admitting himself that it was easier – quote, easier said than done to get Cooper more involved. So this is looking like uh, something uh, to be concerned about going forward. Um, but apparently Jared Cook is now the man over there. Tight end Jared Cook caught nine of 12 targets for 180 yards uh, in their lo- uh, Monday's week lo- uh, week one loss to uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Um he was honestly, quite frankly, the only reason that the Raiders were even competitive in this game. Uh, he seemed to be a clear favorite of Derek Carr's. Uh, he was uh, surprisingly treated as an inline receiver, even lining up at the slot at some points. Um, so he's definitely kind of one of these sleeper picks that that was sort of an undervalued tight end too, with obviously tight end one's uh, upside. Um, if he's available in your league, I would pick him up immediately. Um, and then in other very surprising news out of the Raiders camp, it looks like the Raiders re-signed Martavis Bryant to a one-year contract, which is quite an unexpected chain of events as he's still facing a possible year-long suspension uh, for violating the league's substance abuse policy. Um, Derek Carr did only manage to complete five passes to uh, receivers. Uh, out of 42 dropbacks in their week uh, in week one, so it's possible that Gruden just wanted to add speed to the field by any means necessary, uh, and he's expected to suit up and play on Sunday. So uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say that he immediately has fantasy value, but he's a talented enough player that uh, somebody to potentially keep an eye on. Okay, moving on to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Melvin Gordon rushed uh, 15 times for 64 yards uh, in their week one loss to the Chiefs and added a ridiculous nine receptions for 102 additional yards. Um, The Chargers were committed to, in this game at least, to exploiting the Chiefs' dreadful inside linebackers, uh, both Gordon and uh, uh, receiving back Austin Eckler having uh, very, very impressive games. Uh, his receptions, uh, Gordon's receptions matched a career high. The 100-yard day through the air was the first of his career. Um, he looked great. Uh, he looked great in this game. Uh, he did serious damage after first contact. Take this with a grain of salt because uh, uh, it is against one of the league's worst defenses in Kansas City. But he has a chance to get a hot streak going against another pathetic defense uh, and the Buffalo Bills in Week 2. Um, Philip Rivers also was a fantasy monster uh, in this game, completed 34 of 51 passes for 424 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Uh, it's kind of a dream scenario for anybody owning and deploying Philip Rivers. Once the Chargers fell behind early to, uh, 14-3 in the first quarter, uh, and Rivers is sort of uh, known for his uh, kind of comeback mode that he can unleash at any given time, and he didn't disappoint uh, despite the best efforts of his Horrible receivers, quite frankly, who committed some ugly drops. Uh, Tyrell Williams and Travis Benjamin both bungled uh, bungled up clear touchdowns, uh, and uh, Rivers missed Benjamin on, on another. Uh, it was a it was a very Chargers esque game uh, throughout the entire way. Uh, but again, hopefully things can look up for them uh, week two against the Bills. 
Okay, moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, first, uh, really the the story of their of their uh, despite their Week One win against the Falcons, uh, the story of the Eagles is a story of injuries. Right now, we'll start with Alshon Jeffrey, um, who is week to week with a shoulder injury. Uh, he told uh, MMQB's uh, Johnny Frentes that he's still a few weeks away from returning. Um, doesn't appear to be overall relatively close. It looks like we may be looking at October. Um, if you drafted him. Uh, just got to sit tight. There's really not a whole lot you can do. Hopefully you have an IR spot and uh, injured reserve spot in your league um, that you can stash him. Uh, he could be a, a real asset down the stretch in the fantasy playoffs. But for right now, uh, it looks like you're going to have to play the waiting game. Uh, Carson Wentz, uh, the other, of course, big story coming back from his knee surgery, has not been ruled out for week two, uh, as it turns out. Um, he has yet to be cleared, but he looks like he's trending in that direction. Um, I will say that I think, uh, based on what I'm reading, it's doubtful that he, they're going to risk Wentz uh, this upcoming week against a Bucks team that they should be able to handle, even with the borderline unwatchable Nick Foles at quarterback. Um, uh, so I, I would uh, hold your horses in terms of getting him uh, in your lineups for week two, uh, but it would not be surprising at all if he's ready to roll uh, week three. Uh, we'll get more clarity on the situation on uh, Wednesday, later today. Um, the Eagles will announce their week two, week, week two starter at that time. Okay, moving on to the Washington Redskins. Uh, Adrian, uh, the Redskins at the, uh, this week at least were a story of two running backs, uh, Adrian Peterson, Turn back the clock with a vintage performance, uh, 96 car, excuse me, 96 yards and a touchdown on 26 carries, uh, also providing two catches for 70 yards on three targets. Um, really uh, a pretty impressive performance for Adrian Peterson, uh, very clearly working as their lead back, completely shredded his former team uh, for 71 first half yards, uh, another, another uh, uh, 95 after halftime. Uh so it looks like he's uh, he and uh, fellow running back, receiving back, really Chris Thompson, are seem to be forming a, a, an imposing one-two punch uh, in Sunday's opener. And I think this is going to be the story going forward. Uh, has a nice uh, they have a nice matchup week two against the Colts. Uh, a little more about Chris Thompson. Uh, he went off for 65 yards on five carries while snagging an additional six catches for 63 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. Uh, this was uh, sort of a, I personally did not um, play Chris Thompson in my fantasy leagues because there was uh, suggestions that he wasn't going to be 100% coming off of last year's broken leg. But if that's true, uh, it certainly did not show through in Sunday's opener. And I'm kicking myself for not playing him. Um, he was tremendous in all facets, uh, breaking off huge gains, both as a ball carrier and a pass catcher. Uh, he seems to be one of Alex Smith's go-to receivers now, and he looked great. So he could potentially end up being the fantasy monster uh, in PPR leagues that he was last year. Um, so he's definitely somebody to, to uh, if you drafted him in the mid or later rounds of a fantasy draft, you might be patting yourself on the back right about now. Uh, moving on to the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Dak Prescott completed uh, 19 of 29 passes for 170 yards. Uh, he added five carries for 19 yards. Um, he didn't turn the ball over, but he also did not throw a single touchdown. Um, and it's the seventh time in his last nine games that he's failed to eclipse the 200-yard mark. Um, Certainly, uh, their their offensive line was at least partially to blame for this. Uh, the Cowboys made a significant effort to revamp their offensive line over the offseason, only to have a bunch of them get hurt. Um, rookie left guard Connor Williams was was as advertised, and I don't mean that in a good way, uh, particularly in pass protection. Um, the bottom line is, I, it's early. Uh, Dak Prescott, I still think, is quite a talent, but his ceiling may be lower. 
than initially thought. Uh, and also he uh, bafflingly continues to underutilize a lot of the talent, uh, admittedly limited talent in that receiving core by constantly peppering, uh, target, peppering throws to slot receiver Cole Beasley. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes for them going forward. Uh, moving on to the New York Giants, uh, Odell Beckham uh, is the the fantasy monster that he uh, often is uh, this week. Uh, eleven hauled in eleven of fifteen targets for one hundred and eleven yards. Uh, absolutely monstrous game against a very very tough defense in the Jaguars. Um, he could have had a much bigger day, uh, despite uh, facing Jalen Ramsey on most of his snaps. Uh, but Eli Manning overthrew him twice in the end zone. Uh, ultimately, though, he looked as good as ever, as good as ever uh, in the season opener. Um, it's only a matter of time before he turns uh, one of the many catches that he's going to see into, in his offense into a huge play. Uh, he's going to be a fantasy monster all season long, no doubt about it. Uh, probably the more uh, hyped star on that team, Saquon Barkley, uh, had a nice game in his own right, rushed 18 times for 106 yards and a touchdown, added two catches for 22 yards. Um, he had absolutely nowhere to run for most of this game. He uh, gained uh, a mere 37 yards on his first 16 carries, um, but then uh, he he led a rip on his 17th carry, broke a tackle in the hole, another one to get outside, and then just beat everybody, sprinted down the sideline for a 68-yard touchdown. He showed why he was the number two overall pick uh, in last year's draft. Uh, he's going to have some probably some frustrating outings uh, behind a very, very questionable offensive line, but as as shown uh, in, in Sunday's game, uh, he has the ability to change a game in just one single play. So, um, And hopefully he'll be better utilized in the passing game going forward as well. So uh, big game for Saquon Barkley. Uh, moving on to the Green Bay Packers. So the big news out of the Packers camp, of course, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, one of the, the most bizarre and thrilling things, I think, in, in, in recent uh, NFL football, to be honest, uh, carted off the field with a knee injury in Sunday's game against the Bears, uh, comes back in the game to shred the Bears and mount an incredible comeback. Um, uh, so uh, it turns out, though, there is somewhat of a negative side to this story. Uh, coach Packers coach Mike McCarthy said the team was still collecting all the information on his knee injury. It was uncertain if he would start start week two. Um, Ultimately, it's diff- difficult to envision Rodgers sitting after he came back and, and did what he did on Sunday. Uh, but it turns out uh, R- Rodgers did allude to the fact that there might actually be actual damage in his knee. And the medical staff sim- simply determined that he wouldn't make it worse by coming back and playing that game. Um, but this is definitely a situation to watch uh, going forward uh, for both any Aaron Rodgers owners and owners of their receivers. Speaking of their receivers... Uh, Randall Cobb was was uh, surprisingly kind of the the, the guy uh, the man over there in in their uh, week night week one win over Chicago caught nine of ten passes for 142 yards including the game ceiling touchdown uh, he was peppered with targets all throughout the game uh, again on a night when when the Packers were forced to play from behind. Um, uh, really turned back the clock on this performance. Really encouraging usage in particular. Uh, after he was actually shopped the preseason and there were suggestions that he might be traded or maybe even uh, waived. Um, but, uh, but it looks like his role is secure as the top check down option uh, in the Packers offense, though he will have a more difficult matchup against the Vikings in week two. Speaking of the Vikings, let's go ahead and move on to them. Uh, Kirk Cousins had a, a, a solid uh, debut for them. Uh, on Sunday against the 49ers, he completed 20 of 36 passes for 244 yards, two touchdowns. Um, 
particularly he developed kind of a nice rapport with Dalvin Cook, really peppered him with early targets, uh, really beating an overly aggressive Niners defense for gains. Um, hit Stephon Diggs for a really nice over-the-top pass, uh, over-the-top uh, 22-yard touchdown pass. Um, had a, uh, Also had a really, really good relationship cooking with Adam Thielen, who had 102 yards on six grabs. Um, so I would say that Cousins' debut could not have gone any better, really. Um, uh, in uh, in this game against the 49ers, uh, he's gonna head he's gonna head on the road uh, to Green Bay in Week Two. Uh, Dalvin Cook, uh, ultimately statistically, fantasy speaking, not necessarily his most impressive games game. Uh, but uh, the the really the good news for anybody owning Dalvin Cook is that he played 80 percent of snaps in Week One, 57 snaps to be exact. Um, there was concern that they would kind of ease him back into action coming off an ACL tear. Uh, that was not at all the case. He dominated the snaps in this game, 16 carries, was targeted seven times in the passing game. Uh, seems like he's got his workhorse roll back and he will be a solid running back one next week in Green Bay. Uh, moving on to the Chicago Bears, uh, who obviously uh, have a lot to think about uh, at, at, as they uh, kind of choked against the uh, Packers on Sunday. Um, but uh, one sort of bright spot for them was Jordan Howard, who had 15 carries uh, for 82 yards, five passes for 25 yards. Uh, and he was very clearly the focal point on offense. There was some concern that Tariq Cohen might cut into his workload, um, but he outtouched Cohen by a wide margin. Um, ultimately, Howard really in many ways single-handedly put them in a position to win late. Uh, their defense, unfortunately for them, just could not hold on. Um, he'll remain a pretty high floor uh, RB2 or maybe bottom tier uh, RB1 week two against Seattle. Moving on to the Detroit Lions, one of the sort of uh, bigger embarrassments uh, of the first week of NFL football. Uh, and it looks like there's already some uh, dysfunction in the ranks or dissension in the ranks, if you will. Uh, NFL.com's Mike Garofalo reports Lions veterans are already griping about new coach Matt Patricia during training, or uh, we're already griping, griping about new coach Matt Patricia, I should say, during training camp. Um, specifically, the number of rules put in place, how hard he worked them over the summer. Um, and obviously, all this coming out now after they got got absolutely obliterated uh, in Patricia's uh, debut on Monday. Um, it'll be an interesting thing to watch as the season unfolds. Not necessarily any immediate fantasy relevance, but uh, but it worth worth keeping an eye on um, if, if the uh, players become too uh, disenchanted with the way things are going over there. Uh, it's worth no- noting that traditionally ex-Bill Belichick assistants tend to have a difficulty sort of implementing his ways elsewhere. So um, this may be another example of that occurring. Uh, Matthew Stafford absolutely imploded in this game. Uh, seven, t- completed 27 of 46 passes, 286 yards, one touchdown compared to four interceptions. Um, they sort of, the Lions actually ended his suffering by taking him out with 8:15 left in the fourth quarter, the team trailing 48 to 17. He didn't, play well at all but he also didn't get a lot of help I will say his offensive line just flat out missing blocks receivers dropping passes the running game uh continuing to do absolutely nothing um uh he really put together one impressive drive uh and other than that it was pretty bad uh, uh pretty bad uh season debut for Matthew Stafford um he will look to bounce back next week uh, against the 49ers so we'll see what happens uh maybe the one bright spot over there in Detroit uh, Kenny Galladay caught seven of 12 targets in their first game uh, for 114 yards. Um, 
he did most of this most of his work well before this got out of hand in the third quarter. Um, at one point, he was actually leading the team with eight targets before uh, Golden Tate ended ended the night with fifteen, as well as a touchdown. Um, he also made one of the best overall kind of hustle plays of the night for the Lions, uh, taking out cornerback Tremaine Johnson after an interception and forcing a fumble and recovering it. Um, in Jets territory. Unfortunately, of course, the Lions did absolutely nothing with it, but uh, he definitely uh, needs to be added if he's available in your league. Uh, He played a career high 65 snaps. Um, He's definitely might be kind of uh, a boomer bust. He's a big play threat, uh, probably on the wide receiver three or four map. All right, moving to the Carolina Panthers. Um, So the big story over here, of course, is Greg Olson, uh, who uh, broke his foot uh, in uh, Sunday's uh, game. Uh, I I will say that if there's any good news from this situation is that the Panthers are apparently holding off on placing him on injured reserve, which means that they think he could return sometime in the next two months. It's probably an over-optimistic timeline, but it speaks to how badly the Panthers would want to get him back and involved this season. Uh, So we wish, of course, Greg Olson a very speedy recovery, but it's going to be quite some time before we see him on a football field again. Um, And obviously the injury is now starting to pile up a bit after being uh, so durable for most of his career uh, age seems to be catching up with Olson. Fourth round tight end Ian Thomas is expected to replace him. Um, He should at least be the next man up at tight end. Uh, While he's certainly not going to be expected to command the same target share as Greg Olson, uh, he was praised mightily uh, for his work during training camp and might be worth a look in deeper leagues, uh, potentially uh, down the line. Uh, And Christian McCaffrey, the last uh, player I'll cover on Carolina, um, rushed 10 times for 50 yards, caught six of nine targets for 45 yards in the Panthers' week one victory over the Cowboys. Um, I think Greg Olson uh, exiting early probably allowed him to flourish even more, uh, particularly in the passing game. Uh, His nine targets and 45 receiving yards were both team highs. Um, Still kind of concerning that Cam Cam Newton uh, is is basically using himself to bowl over defenders inside the five-yard line, uh, which is basically robbing robbing McCaffrey of potential goal line scores. Um, It's also an issue, despite all the talk that uh, Ron Rivera – sort of gave uh, before the season about McCaffrey being a true three down back. Uh, He only handled three more carries in this game than CJ Anderson did. Um, I would say his floor is safe due to his involvement as a receiver, but uh, it's a little concerning that he's not being used as the bell cow that Ron Rivera promised that he would be. So we'll see how that develops as the season goes forward. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, the big story out of here is Ryan Fitzmagic or Fitzpatrick, as I believe his birth name, uh, his birth certificate reads. Uh, he completed 21 of 28 passes for a career high 417 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, added 36 yards and a touchdown on the ground as well. Um, needless to say that he was sensational in his season debut, absolutely embarrassing the saints in new Orleans, uh, at that, um, he was particularly dominant in the first half. Uh, he had a perfect 158.3 quarterback rating. Um, the secondary, to, to be fair, a lot of this could, uh, have possibly stemmed from the saint secondary, which looked, looked majorly out of sorts. Um, took full advantage of that, um, inclu- by her hurling four touchdowns, including a 58 yard, uh, pass to Deshaun Jackson in the opening drive. 
one of two scores for Deshaun Jackson, actually. Um, and he was also Tampa's second. Uh, Fitzmagic was also Tampa's second leading rusher and sealed the game really with a 12 yard scramble late in the fourth quarter. Um, I would say it's probably doubtful at this point that he's going to overtake Winston for the starting job once he returns from suspension. Uh, but he certainly worked his way into the streaming conversation until then. Uh, even in, in a difficult matchup against the Eagles next week, he could be worth a try if you have uh, issues at quarterback, uh, if, if Carson Wentz doesn't play and you own him, if Aaron Rodgers ends up sitting, etc. Uh, and moving, uh, kind of going back to Deshaun Jackson, uh, he left, uh, uh, Sunday's game actually with a concussion, um, and he did not return. Um, he was ha- having a monster game prior to that five receptions, 146 yards, two touchdowns. Like I said, um, we'll see, uh, what's going to happen going forward. I haven't heard anything about whether or not he's expected to suit up in week two. Uh, if not his absence, I would say opens up snaps for Chris Godwin at wide receiver. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Okay, moving on to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Drew Brees was an absolute monster uh, in Sunday's game. Uh, uh, Completed 37 of 45 passes, 439 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, only got sacked once. Uh, Losing effort for the Saints, unfortunately, but he looked absolutely brilliant. Um, Obviously, the, the, I think the big story was was his uh, chemistry with Michael Thomas in this one. Uh, they were actually nearly unstoppable together. Probably the most impressive duo of the uh, of week one of any game in any game, uh, connecting for sixteen connecting sixteen times for one hundred and eighty yards. Uh, really, that game in general was an unbelievable offensive display. One thousand four yards of total offense combined, both teams in that game. Uh, but we'll see what happens. The future Hall of Famer is due for, I think, a pr- probably a pretty impressive encore. He gets the Browns in week two, uh, so he's definitely somebody to to deploy. Uh, Alvin Kamara, the other big story uh, from the Saints, who was uh, really one of the most unique performances and just Kamara in general is one of the most unique players uh, in professional football right now. He rushed for eight times for 29 yards and two touchdowns, caught nine passes for 112 yards and another touchdown on 12 targets, uh, converted a pair of two-point perception, two-point perception, two-point conversions, excuse me. Uh, and he was just absolutely erupted, particularly in the first half, absolutely dominating the Bucks for 114 yards. Uh, the highlights uh, included a 35-yard catch off of a screen. Uh, he was uh, the ultimate uh, all-purpose uh, workhorse weapon, uh, out-touched backup Mike Gillisley 17-3, uh, gaining him by over 100 yards. Uh, so needless to say, Alvin Kamara is absolutely locked in as a running back one going forward. Uh, moving on to the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Devontae Freeman left Thursday's game uh, with a right knee injury, although apparently he's uh, totally fine, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. Uh, it's not serious. He'll have nine days to heal up uh, before next week's uh, home opener against the Panthers. Uh, all indications are that he's going to suit up and be just fine. Uh, Matt Ryan uh, was, quite frankly, pretty awful in his first game this year. Uh completing 21 of 42 passes for 251 uh, yards, zero touchdowns and an interception. He also fumbled, got sacked four times, um, felt like many more. Uh, he was holding onto the ball for far too long, quite frankly. Uh, his interception was a ridiculous underthrow meant for Julio Jones. Uh, he and Jones did have uh, a lot of chemistry. They, they found each other 10 times. Uh, Jones had 169 yards receiving. Um, but overall, beyond that, uh, you know, uh, sort of, 
bright spot. He was uh, inexcusably bad. I would say he missed uh, what should have been a 68-yard touchdown to Jones early in the third quarter. Uh, he sort of seemed to be slow um, and was awful in the wet, uh, awful in the red zone. Um, so this kind of continues uh, the bad play that he uh, really exhibited last year, and uh, things aren't going to get much easier uh, against the Panthers in week two. So uh, he's definitely not somebody to deploy until further notice, uh, maybe against uh, lousier defenses. Uh, moving on to the Los Angeles Rams, uh, not a ton of big time news coming out of their camp right now. Todd Gurley uh, rushed for 108 yards and on 23 carries, uh, caught three passes for 39 yards and a touchdown uh, in their week one win against the Raiders on Monday night. Uh, the Rams offense in general started out quite slow, perhaps understandably slow, uh, as uh, as no starters played at any point during the preseason, sort of unusual. Um, but Gurley still found a way to, to make things happen. He caught a 19-yard shovel pass from Jared Goff uh, for his only touchdown of the night. Um, and the Rams eventually fed him more and more down the stretch, um, allowing him to basically solely uh, ice the game. Uh, tremendous start for those of you who draft, drafted Gurley number one overall. Uh, moving on to the 49ers. Uh, probably the big news over here is Marquise Goodwin, uh, who uh, is day-to-day with a bruised thigh. He's surely dealing with a deep tissue bruise. Uh, he was able to return for a series of two a series or two in week one after the injury, but finally had to throw in the towel in the third quarter after catching no passes on one target. Um, it sounds like uh, not an overly serious injury, but he could miss a game. Uh, that would probably be the worst case scenario. We'll probably get another update uh, soon when the Niners practice on Wednesday. Uh, Alfred Morris uh, rushed 12 times for 38 yards uh, for the Niners in week one. Uh, He really actually was quite impressive in the first half before uh, stalling in the red zone uh, when he had four carries from the five-yard line and in before losing a critical fumble on the fourth attempt at the two-yard line. Um, He looked to have a strong grip on ball-carrying duties before halftime, uh, but with the Niners really trying to make a comeback in the second half, Matt Breida kind of took over. at the end of the day, uh, the two had very, very, very similar lines. Uh, Matt Breida probably more like more targeted in the pass game. Uh, Morris wasn't targeted at all in the passing game. Uh, this figures to be a, a, a fairly even timeshare in most weeks, I would say. Although uh, any time that the Niners have the lead, I think Morris should probably have the chance for bigger workloads. Uh, the the Lions come to town in week two, so uh, maybe the Lions or maybe the Niners can get a lead, and then we'll get uh, more fantasy production from Alvin uh, Alvin Alfred Morris. All right, moving on to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, really, the big the big news over here is uh, a, a three year, thirty nine million dollar contract extension that the Cardinals gave to David Johnson right before the uh, before week one started. It was a last minute deal uh, really on the eve of week one. Um, This was sort of surprising. The Cardinals were reportedly uh, far apart in talks with Johnson as recently as Friday, uh, but they were able to bridge the gap with a shorter term extension. Uh, Ultimately, it's a player. uh, He this makes him the second highest paid back behind Todd Gurley. It's a player friendly deal for Johnson coming off uh, completely lost 2017. Uh, as for his performance in week one, he got 37 yards and a touchdown on nine carries along with five catches for 30 yards uh, Sunday in Sunday's loss to Washington. So we'll hopefully look to him, uh, look for him to improve on that performance in the upcoming weeks. Uh, lastly, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, 
a lot of news actually coming out of Seattle, I would say. Uh, let's start with their running back situation. Uh, Seahawks coach Pete Carroll said uh, Chris Carson really took the lead and that rookie Rashad Penny looked a little rusty. Um, he indicated that Rashad Penny isn't where he was in camp and might see fewer reps until he's back to uh, back to form. Carson looks to be the better player in week one anyway. He got 79 yards on 10 touches. Um Ultimately, with the with the Seahawks' backfield being this uncertain, uh, neither player is really, I would say, that trustable in fantasy. I think Carson is really a flex option with with potentially some big si- big uh, big time upside uh, in the event that uh, Penny is brought along very very slowly. But uh, definitely something that could be a frustrating situation for owners going forward. Uh, the other big news, uh, really injury news, coming out of Seattle is Doug Baldwin, who reportedly suffered a grade two. Uh, partial MCL tear. Um, he's looking like uh, Pete Carroll said that Doug would, uh, that Baldwin could be out a couple weeks. Uh, this is typically a two to four week absence, depending on the severity. Um, so it looks like uh, owners are going to have to come up with alternate plans. Uh, certainly, Russell Wilson is going to have to come up with alternate plans uh, for at least the next couple weeks. Uh, Brandon Marshall uh, was really kind of the 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 guy over there uh, after Baldwin's injury, he had a, a caught three passes for 46 yards and a touchdown. It's probably what should be considered their more consistent receiver until Baldwin returns. Tyler Lockett's still there as kind of a high upside, but low floor uh, wide receiver three. Um, really the, the, maybe most surprising uh, player in, in week one for Seattle was Will Disley. Uh, for, I'll, I'll just pause for a second to give you a bit to look him up. Uh, he caught three of five targets for 105 yards and a touchdown uh, in their loss to the Broncos. Um, a fourth-round rookie, he was expected to be more of a blocker in the NFL, uh, but he opened the scoring with a 15-yard touchdown on a play action, bounced off several defenders on a 64-yard catch and run to the end of the first quarter. Didn't do much damage after that. Honestly, it's likely that this is the biggest game of the season for him. Uh, but still, uh, based on uh, the fact that uh, with Baldwin being hurt, uh, and Ed Dixon out at least uh, five more weeks. Uh, he's worth a look uh, potentially uh, in in deeper leagues uh, for his uh, potential upside at the tight end position. But uh, I'm not expecting to see a whole lot going forward at the moment. All right, and that'll do it for news and notes this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. I know that was a lot of information very, very quickly. We wanted to give you uh, as much detail and uh, on as many uh, players and situations as possible. Um, if you have any questions or comments, uh, please make sure to email them to the Candlestick Kids of uh, Candlestick Kids Fantasy Pod at gmail.com. And of course, make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids hashtag TCK Pod. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Uh, Always a pleasure, never a chore. Uh, And I'm looking forward to joining you all again next week after what uh, promises to be another thrilling week of NFL football. Uh, For Sky Guasco, I'm Daniel Stancato, and we are out of here! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.